Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Hashtag no music, no intro. And we have almost made it. It is draft week. Thank God. We are three days away from the NFL draft. And I don't know if it's because you and I have like slightly minusculely been a part of this draft process for the first times in our lives by going to the senior bowl. You know, we talked to a couple of prospects. We got to know a couple of players and things like that. I don't know if that makes the draft season feels longer than normal, or maybe the fact that the Saints have two first round picks in this draft and can completely fuck it up. <laughs> like, so it's, I don't, it's, so it's feel like it's been a long draft season process, but every draft, every year, it feels like a long draft season process. It's here. And let's just, die, before we get into anything, like, I would be remiss if I didn't give an incredible, incredible shout out to one of our, our listeners, one of our fans, um, Brian, not going to put the, your last name out there, um, out on blast, uh, you know, in just case you want to stay, you know, incognito, but uh, truly from the bottom of, of, of our hearts, uh, what you, that you did for Ryan and I today, can't really put it into words. We truly, truly, we truly, truly, um, appreciate it and thank thank you thank you so much is yes. I, I just feel feel like I just needed to to lead the show off with that um yes. I also wanted to say and I tweeted it but if Twitter does go to shit because of Elon Musk buying Twitter <laughs> although I don't think it will like I think it's gonna be just fine but with all the 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 pearl clerk clutching going on in the timeline uh, not a not a not a more perfect opportunity to become a Saints Twitter or maybe Saints Tesla podcast. Um, uh, Patreon Patreon patron, uh, so you can get access to the Discord. Uh, love our Discord group. Um, it's a you know small group, but we have great lively discussions about prospects and about a lot of shit. It's just not about everything. football, everything. It's a, it's a great group of people. So if you either are already a Patreon and you don't have access to it yet, although I think we've sent that sent to the link to people who are Patreons at this point, reach out. If you're not a Patreon, become a Patreon. As soon as you become a Patreon, you get access to the, you get the link to the Discord as well as the Twitter communities, all of the Twitter communities. Ain't all that. Like, the Discord seems to be more an appropriate place. <laughs> like, I, just nothing, bro. Like, anyway. It's just, that, it's just, just, just don't work. It just don't work. It doesn't. It doesn't. Hey, Elon, get on communities, bro. <laughs> let's, let's, get that, let's get that fixed. Um, let's just start with this 
let's start with the draft in general. Then we'll really, really dig into the Saints. Is and you you put this on Twitter <laughs> that we should have a drinking game in Vegas. By the way, in case you have missed it, Ryan and I will be in Vegas for the draft. We won't be at the draft, but we'll be having a very sad <laughs> draft party. Um, but we're going to still have fun. We're going to be live streaming the draft like we did last year. So we'll, we'll be together in person from the Katina spot, margaritas, tequila. And mm. Ryan put it on Twitter that him and I should have a drinking game that before each pick during the live stream, we each guess what the team for the top 10, top 10 only. We guess what the pick will be for the team picking the top 10. And if we get the pick wrong, then we have to take a shot. Mm. And I'll say this, right? One, my tolerance isn't what it used to be. That's not really what I'm really worried about. I'm more worried about Vegas prices for some shots, bro. We got we got the holler at the cantina and be like, man, look, we up in here streaming. Give us a little deal. Some, some, something like we we give you some free publicity. <laughs> oh, man, we got y'all streaming on Twitter, you know. Uh, but I, I I'm not even worried about again. I'm not worried about getting hammered, being drunk. Although I think that's a a good segue. Just talking about this top ten because that's one thing about this draft that makes it. I feel like that this year has made it more exciting than other years. Man, is that bro? We don't know. Shit. Nothing, bro. Nothing. Nothing. I mean, there's what? About three or four players that can go one overall. You know? We don't it's know. It's wild. It, it, it has swung from Aiden Hutchison to Trayvon Walker, who's now the betting favorite in Vegas. Then you heard something come out from Matt Miller, who what have you been blocked for years, but Adam Schefter tweeted it, retweeted it that it could be Iggy Okwanu, the, the, the tackle from NC state, which kind of makes sense. If you go by what um, Doug Peterson's done as a head coach and his belief in having a strong offensive line and all that. And we just, we, we have no clue, bro. <laughs> no clue how this top 10 is going to go. And, it makes it extremely, extremely exciting. What are you looking for? Or are you like, are, are you looking for anything in the top 10 in general that just, that has your, has your attention? I just, I really want, obviously, I mean, I know it's kind of cliche, but I want to see what happens with the quarterbacks. Like does, does someone make that reach? Cause everybody's talking about, uh, you know, this quarterback class ain't all that. Uh, um, you know, nobody should take a quarterback in the top 10. But let's face it, bro. I mean, look, the two Detroit Lions, they got, you know, get Jared Goff. Um, you know, the Giants, they sitting over there with, you know, Daniel Jones, who they reached for a couple of years ago. Um, Atlanta sitting there. Carolina is the big, you know, is the big question mark. So it's like, who, who's gonna fill that itch? Who, you know, who has the power with the Carolina Panthers? You know, is is uh, is Matt Rule gonna try to save his job with a quarterback? You know, I just want to see. Like, that's just it's gonna it's just gonna be so major because if it doesn't happen in the top ten, 
we don't know where it's going to happen at. We don't know. Don't know, man. Don't know. I, the only the the only team I'm a hundred percent confident that will get a quarterback in this draft is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. Other than in the first round. Other than that, bro, I have no fucking clue. None. No clue, None. Um, what I'm looking for is. And this, this ties into the Saints. What I'm looking for is the run in the top 10. Will it help the Saints land a position that they want? So let's go back to 2017. So this is not a Patrick Mahomes rant. I'm going to preface it by saying that. But the, the, the two picks that really helped the Saints land um, Marshawn Lattimore Mm-hmm. Is I don't know where they're picking, but the Chargers picked Mike Williams. Yep. In the top ten, and then the Bengals at number nine. It's crazy, I still remember even the fucking place they were picking. The Bengals at number nine drafted John Ross. Ooh, I remember. And, and 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 this is one of the reasons why I fuck with Tony Pauline so much, and I, I'm glad we were able to get him on the pod every every year. Is that this is before Tony was at Pro Football Network? And he just ran his own little little site, and he was just out there grinding. And that year, I don't know what was in the water, bruh, but Tony was so plugged into every team in 2017. His the he nailed the first ten picks, bruh. Mm. First ten picks. So I remember I was at my girl's place in San Diego watching the draft, and before the commissioner announced the pick, I said it's gonna be this player. And I was right every time. And she, at one point, she just looked at me, just disgusted, like, "Who, like, are you? Like, you're gross. Like, what, <laughs> what illness do you have?" And so, for this draft, it's two. It's it, it's technically three positions. If the Saints want to land at least a, a premier wide receiver, there has to be a big run on offensive tackles, and we and the Saints. Potentially want to get a tackle too, but there has to be a run on tackles. There has to be a run on edge rushers, and there may potentially even need to be two cornerbacks: Sauce Gardner, Derek Stingley Jr., who's kind of completely flipped his his draft mm-hmm. stock around. If there's a run on, bruh, <laughs> you know how NFL, you know how NFL head coaches and bruh, they just throw that 2019 film on us like. Ooh, if I could just coach him and like man, press he, man he, corner with good speed and fluidity, ball skills. Come on now. <laughs> Derek Stingley's 2019 tape was some of the best college cornerback tape I've ever seen watching. Yes. It, it was that good. That's that good. And I know coaches are they in the war rooms right now, bruh, just saying we 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 can work with it. We'll figure it out. We can work with it. Whatever. But if those three positions, tackle, edge rusher, potentially two corners go in the top 10, top 12, let's say, bruh, it's about these, these pass catchers, bruh. Are they going to fall? And if they are going to fall, I have come to terms. I've come to terms. I, I've, I've done my, my you know, the, the Catholic thing with the cross, and I've done that and just said, you know what, Jameis, Jameson, it's not gonna happen, bro. Like, I just not gonna happen, bro. (laughs) I'm so confident it's not gonna happen that I put money on Jameson going top 10. 
And I'm also put money that he's going to be the first wide receiver drafted, bro. I am, I am sure of it. Because what happened? We just had the same conversation with Derek Stingley, right? Yeah. Coaches put the tape on Jameson Williams. They 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 see what he did to George's defense in the SEC championship game. They just like it's man, just, it's just the ACL. ACL. That's it. Well, ACL. <laughs> It would buck the trend because the last player that had an injury like that that went top ten was Todd Gurley, right? If I, if I yeah. remember correctly, so that that's a couple of years ago. It, it would buck the trend, but even if Jamison goes, and I have, I, I know he's going, I know he's going before the before the Saints get on the clock at sixteen. Uh, teams are, it's like the Cardinals want Jamison Williams. There's teams that want to trade like. Elite teams in lower in the draft that want to trade up to get him, he's going high. I just want to know if he goes high, is that next tier the Garrett Wilsons, the Chris Olaves? I know he's not, the, I know we're not the biggest fan of his, but like the Drake Londons, where are they going to go? And will one of them be there at 16 or 19 if the Saints choose not to go there at 16? That's the ultimate question. It's like, who will be there? Um, you just, you, my biggest fear is that there's a run in those mid rounds, you know, and they and the Saints just wait it out, try to be patient, and there's just a run on wide receivers because of the way these these contracts are coming out with these wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Man, I mean, they're getting. Big time QB money, bro. Like they getting paid. So I'm just wondering if some of these teams, even if the teams are not picking there right now, if teams try to move up to snatch some of these, uh, you know, elite wide receivers. I just uh, my own biggest fear is just us sitting there at you know uh, 16 or whatever. Just you know, maybe Drake London is there. <laughs> Get get big, big big tray line baby. Big tray line with his road <laughs> self. That raisin canes and shit. Uh, it's like oh, like I don't want to have those because I want to be able to look at like a buffet, like you walking to the buffet at the mm. casino or whatever, and he's got the they pull it out the fried fish and they got the shrimp, got the shrimp seafood, and they got the you know the uh, the crabs. Crab legs and all that shit. You just pull up and like, mm, what do I want? I don't even know. Should I get two plates, three plates? I wanted to be like that, man. I wanted to be like, what wide receiver do I want? You know, pick your and, pick your choice. And it, it's going to be so crucial where the run starts, right? Because if if there, I think if for the Saints, there's two teams that are kind of pivotal to how they go in the draft. And they, they happen to be division rivals, right? Mm-hmm. First team, Carolina Panthers, right? So let's let's back this up and let's let's go through the two kind of two lines of thought that we've heard. Well, the the, the main thought we've heard in terms of reporting, right? Tony Pauline came on our show a couple of weeks ago. He said the Saints wanted two or three positions, quarterback, offensive tackle, wide receiver. Alt Breer put his, his article out today where he goes through every, every team 
um, and what potentially what they're trying to do in the draft. His line of thinking was wide receiver, offensive tackle, potentially defensive line. Ugh. You have Underhill at uh, NOLA fo- uh, NO football, NOF football, who has consistently been reporting that the Saints have interest in Charles Cross, potentially maybe if they were able to sign a Jar- uh, Jarvis Landry and that they could then move up to Charles Cross. And so that puts into play number six, Carolina Panthers. One, if they go quarterback, right, then you have Charles Cross potentially falling a little lower than maybe most people think he was going to go in the draft. Then you could have the Saints trying to go from 16 to wherever he is and try to trade up to get him. I guess my biggest fear in this draft, bar none, is that these dudes don't stay patient and they pack it 16 and 19, go up to number five and draft the offensive tackle in Charles Cross. That, to me, my biggest fear. Because then I'm back to the whole – I'm back to what's the vision at that point, bro. Yeah, exactly. So you basically spent three picks – on the tackle. First from next year, and your first, well, you know, you traded your first this year to get two picks to get a tackle, you know. And I like Cross. Cross is, I mean, I didn't, I'm not going to sit here and sit like I did like a 10-game study on a dude. But from what I've seen and understand, he's he's a versatile, good tackle. Who is somebody I can see the Saints like. Like, he just looks like yes. somebody the Saints would like, you know, so. Looks like a good pick to me, but no, like they need to do anything they can to keep those two first round picks. Anything, I don't mind right. them trading up, like just taking the you know the sixteen, packaging it with something in the third round or whatever, move up a little bit to get okay, I'm cool with that. But don't trade both. Because I, I look at they trade both. To me, it would be a direct contradiction from what we've heard, right? We've right. heard from now we're not hearing, you know, when I say we've heard, this is what's been reported and maybe some things we've heard, but we've heard that the Saints mindset, front office mindset is that they are a contending team that may be closer in terms of a playoff team that can, can that can contend rather than a rebuild, which is why they wanted to get two first round picks to add talent to the team to continue to compete, Peter King said in his, in his little article, he put a mock draft out this morning, said it best, like, the mindset in the Saints is like, Tom, you know, we've beaten Tom Brady four times in the regular season. Like, we right. are closer than what people are. Well, you won one of those games nine to, nine to zero, so. <laughs> Just saying, like. I wouldn't bet on that, you know. <laughs> so, so, for me, so. The mindset is draft uh, draft good players at 16 and 19, and we have them on a rookie contract. If those players are good, cheap, cheap. They, they're trying to recreate the 2017 draft all over again. Right. Right? You got Marshawn, you got Ram. So it's to them, if they can recapture that, and again, all the pressure's on Jeff Ireland, bro. There's a lot of pressure on Jeff Ireland. Pressure, boy. If they can, 
If they can recreate that and hit on 16 and 19, you got good to potentially great players on the five years cheap deals. Your whole cap situation can change. You can extend McCoy. You can extend potentially CD, whoever maybe you need to extend. And your window gets kind of is extended to trade 16 and 19 to me to jump up to five or where, where potentially ever they meet, jump up to draft to tackle. It doesn't make any sense to me. It really would, I, I, I should say it would blow my mind, but with this team, bro, nothing blows my mind. So it, it but it would make, it would be a, de- a direct contradiction to what everything that's been reported. And for what is worth, I mean, Tony Pauline, he said he hadn't heard anything about them trading up in the top 10. Isn't that um, funny? It's like, it's like two, and I'm not saying, I'm not saying Underhill's right. I'm not saying Tony's right. But it, isn't that funny how like source, sources work? Like people both yeah. have sources and hear two different things. I will and, say this though Tony even doubled down. And he's really the only person, well, not the only one. But he's one of the few that is not not putting his like his career or whatever, but like he is reporting that I said I'm on I'm sure that the Steelers want to come up in the first round with the quarterback. Tony a couple of days ago kind of doubled down what he said on this podcast that he's hearing that the Steelers and the Saints want a first round quarterback, which I'm not saying it's not going to happen, but I would – part of me would be surprised. I would be a little shocked if they drafted a quarterback in the first round. If, they, they, if they're if they there? I, I would be shocked if they – like if, if Kenny Pickett was there and Malik was there, I could see them drafting Malik if it was just Kenny Pickett there potentially at 16 – it wouldn't shock me at all if they if they pass on him. See, I I don't know if they'll take Malik. I just don't know. But I think if Kenny Pickett is there at nineteen, not sixteen, but if if he's there at nineteen, I think they take him. But that that would be interesting, right? Because the buzz these last couple of days is shifting that the Steelers have this infatuation with Malik. And maybe that's been a smoke screen this whole time. And actually, they, they and I've, heard, I've heard this from two, three different places now that they actually want Kenny Pickett. So they, if that's true, potentially, then the Steelers would need to maneuver in front of the Saints and right. make some type of trade with the Eagles at 18 to potentially secure Kenny Pickett. Oh, this right. just, just to, to, to my point, I would even say, my, my mind is like, if you have a quarterback and you're going to draft him at 19, you might as well just fucking draft him at 16, man. Like, why you don't... I agree. I agree. Like, you don't... Like, that's just a position I don't think you I, can... I, I, I just don't know if they're looking at it like that. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I can't get a feel on how they feel about these quarterbacks. You know, I think they want one, but they're not in love with one, you know? Because if they're a loved one, go get them. Like, it's just not right. even – don't play around with it. Just go get them. Like, if you got to trade up, whatever. But if you just like, well, you know, it meets the grade here, you know, yeah, that's it. Well, it's like <laughs> – it's like, what are we doing here? You know what I'm saying? 
it, I don't know, man. You know, it's funny. And I have no idea if that. And I, I, I know everyone. You know, Sean, what he said, whatever. After he was drafted, but like that line of thinking sounds exactly how they drafted like Peyton Turner last year, bro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <That> did- <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's just I, I don't know, man. I don't know how. I just wish I could see the draft board for one minute. Yeah, just give me. I want not even one minute, bro. Just give me thirty seconds to see the clock. Just thirty seconds. 30 seconds, just to see the cloud. How y'all got it racked up? Um, Something I, I do want to ask you is, okay, I know both of us, both of us were very, very upset. I don't know why we were so upset. I know why, but like that Sean Payton quote, bro, that was hot, bro. <laughs> when he was like, Oh, they don't need to draft a wide receiver in the first round. They can get a receiver in the second round. That's where we drafted Mike Thomas. That just, was like just like some old, just sounded like old boomer, bro. Like just that was shut like up. Six years ago, bro. <laughs> six years ago, bro. Like you coached this team last year. Like you last two years. Like you saw the Saints versus Chiefs. You saw it. That's one of your favorite games to go back to, bro. It's my favorite one, bro, because it's like it's just, it just like the dichotomy was just out, like just crazy. Was it though? Like, you saw, like, you saw, like the nine, like the Saints beat the Tampa Bay nine to zero. Like you probably look, you probably look at it like, oh hell yeah, but like that shit sucked. I mean, it didn't suck because that was like fun as fuck, right? But I'm just saying, at the same time, it was like. Damn, we just like all time Brady need to do is throw like a touchdown and he back up in this thing. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> that shit was stressful, man. Like, man, I ain't trying was... to live like that, bro. Hill <laughs> was throwing the fucking Kevin White and Kenny Stills. Kenny Stills just got an article put up about him. How he's like endorsing psychedelics, bro. Psychedelics. He popping shrooms, bro. He popping shrooms was on a it was a starting wide receiver for the Saints last year. <laughs> Hey, look, on this podcast, we wanted Kitty Stills. That's just how yes. thirsty we was. We just like, yeah, sign anybody. We don't care. But this man not even this man not even worrying about football. This man is popping shrooms now. Like full hippie mode. And that's why that's why like I, I and I don't think it would happen, but in terms of like Gary Wilson, but if Gary Wilson's there at 16, bro, like I don't see it, but I read that that Alt Breer article when he interviewed Brian Hartline, the wide receivers coach at Ohio State, because because he because Hartline coach Jamison Williams, Chris Olave, and Garrett Wilson, and reading Hartline's assessment of Garrett Wilson as a player, if you didn't know it was Garrett Wilson, you would have thought he was talking about Michael Thomas. Mm-hmm. Like, I read and I was like, that sounds exactly like Michael Thomas. I don't see it as much in the film, but if you could get, like, even, like, a, a Ross or TJ Maxx version of Michael Thomas, like, it may be counterproductive, but at this point, who fucking cares? Just something, please. 
I, I texted I texted you this before the draft. I tweeted it. George Pickens is my is my wide receiver three in this draft, bro. They wanted to draft George Pickens at 19. I'm completely I'm fucking fine with it. Completely fine with it. He meets the metrics. I'm like his like his film and his tape, like he just pops, man. He pops. He pops I mean, more. He look, pops. I, I, I could tell Rosenthal was watching him because he was like, he yes. tweeted like, why why is Pickens not Going top ten and James Jameson Williams is, you know what I'm saying? Okay. Like, all right, all right. All right. I, I, I don't think Greg was saying like you know, he's a better prospect, but he's like, you know, basically James Williams coming off ACL. You know what I'm saying? Like, Kenny Pickett had an ACL. He was out for a year, or whatever. He missed some time, whatever. Like, should he be downgraded that much? Like, like dude was good. Like, he's good, a man. good wide receiver. Man. Good, like, good speed, physical, he, he length, also, everything. He, I don't know what if, – if, if going by the 2016 drafts with the Mike Michael Thomas selection, he kind of very – kind of seems like a like a Jeff Ireland type of wide receiver too. Yeah, man. Doesn't like – you know what I mean? Just explosive, physical, has that dog in him. Like, oh. tr- true, true dog. Um, as the draft gets closer – there are two players. There's one for sure that it sounds like he may be there. And when, again, we were referencing to Tony Pauline, if you didn't listen to that episode, you missed out on a lot of good stuff. I know a lot of y'all suffering from draft fatigue. We see, we see the numbers, y'all. We mm. see the numbers. Y'all ain't listening as much. Well, don't worry. We know the numbers going to go up after Thursday. But going back to that episode, I asked about Kyle Hamilton. Safety Notre Dame, and he said that he won't get to where the Saints pick at sixteen. He'll go just above that. The same article that Tony Pauline said that the Steelers and the Saints will or want to come out from the first round with the quarterback. In that same article is a, tit, a tidbit on Cal Williams, or excuse me, Cal Hamilton, that said that now as he was hearing it, Cal Hamilton may go. 15 to 20, bro. If Cal, if Cal Hamilton's there at 16, bro, like maybe I think I know this team too well. There, I just I just couldn't see them passing of him at 16. I really couldn't. I couldn't see it, bro. I couldn't I, see it. I, I, I see the I see the press conference now. Oh man. Oh, come on. Now. It's written. This was the we had this guy as a top five, had a top five grade in his draft. For him to be there at at sixteen when we're on the board, this this was a no brainer. He's a he's a good guy. It, listen, I don't want this make I don't want it to sound like we're knocking Kyle Hamilton as a player. I watched some Kyle Hamilton. There are how do I word this? I do get why there's some trepidation about him as a player, but. Uh-huh. Honestly, he's like an elite fucking talent. <laughs> no, he's great, man. But yeah, I think you know people. If people think he's just gonna be like a center fielder with brains, no, no, that's not. No, that's not that, him. It's not. He, it's not. He's a baller. Like you know what I'm saying. Like he's just a, a dude that's gonna be in the mix, just an alpha male in the, the secondary defense. Like you know I'll say man? this: 
Kyle, and we we talked a little bit about some DA here and there. Kyle Hamilton landed in DA system and DA oh, secondary with Seedy, with Marshawn, with Paulson. DA, no way DA could pass that up. Like he he loves safety. He loves oh, his bro. secondary players, man. He, DA cut his teeth on the secondary. Right. He, if he's there at sixteen, if you are listening to this podcast right now, if he is there at sixteen. You know, when I say he, I mean Cal Hamilton. And the Saints do not draft him. I will order the biggest margarita. <laughs> the biggest margarita <laughs> at the place we're doing the fucking live stream. And I will drink that shit before the first round is over. <laughs> That's how that's how much confidence and that's how much confidence I have in these in and just knowing how this team operates. If the Saints do not draft the wide receiver at 16 or 19, are you utterly disappointed? I'd be a little deflated, but I wouldn't be disappointed. Now, if they don't draft one in the first round, I'd be highly disappointed. Highly no, I said the first round. Oh, in the first round? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd not, be, not I'd be yeah. disappointed, bro. I'd be disappointed as hell, man. I'd be deflated. You yeah. know, like, if they... I'd be disappointed. Like, there wouldn't be no way around it. Like, I guess depending on who, on the, who was on, left on the board in the second round, but, man, come on, I've seen enough second rounds. We know how that goes. Like, as soon as that clock starts in the first round, bro, everybody you love, pop, 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 go. <laughs> go. Go, bro. <laughs> I've seen enough second rounds. I've had the hope, like, oh, at least so-and-so is still on board. Nah, you you won't have a chance. 33, 34, 35, gone, bro. Gone, Gone. bro. Gone. That's when teams just don't care. You will see the same position group go, like, five in a row. You know what I'm saying? Like, they don't care no more. It's not about, you know, first round and, you know, positional value and all that. Once you get to day two – Get your players. It's, that's all that matters. It's you know what I'm saying? That's all matters. And I, and I feel like that should be the way in the first round, too. You know what I'm saying? Like, for Kyle Hamilton, regardless of how you feel about him, you know, if you feel this guy's like a, just a great player, you know, like, who cares? Like, if, you know what's you know, funny? If, if, if in 10 years he's like, like, this is a Hall of Fame type player, like, who matter. cares the way he went? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, who gives a shit? You know, like, I know – where they go in the draft may be completely different spots because this player went top five and Kyle Hamilton might go the 15 to 20 range. But if he like hits, I think he could be the New York Jets version of Jamal Adams, but with better coverage ability. Mm-hmm. Like, and if you and if you can get that version of Jamal Adams with better coverage ability in your secondary, oh. that's a damn good player, man. Right. Like, there's the two games I watched where he just looked just amazing. Florida State, Florida State game where he made those two insane interceptions where he Ugh. he had, like, the Marcus Williams type of range to make. In two plays, he made the same play, and, and he made the same play twice in the same game. He showed Marcus Williams range like he did against the Eagles, like he did against the Texans, where he intercepted the ball coming from the other half, half of the field. It was – Insane. 
that game and another game, the Purdue game, that was a more of a like like a bigger version of like CD Deuce at like the strong safety put like or maybe like Malcolm yeah. Jenkins, but like a bigger version. Like he was everywhere in, against Purdue, bro. Like I was like, God damn, he's a he's an elite talent. Like I think he's one. Of, like he's just a player. I think the NFL is just going to overthink. Yeah, and there's a lot of those. Yeah, and just not. He's just not going to like. To me, his perfect landing spot, honestly, should be eleven to the Commanders. Oh, yeah. with with as much um, coverage bust that they had last year. I know some of that was on Landon Collins. The secondary's not very good. You got Ron Rivera, a, a, de- a defensive head coach. Like, to me, that makes the most sense. Or if he got to 13, you know, Lovey Smith, me, you know, they don't go corner oh, at – like, but if he's there at 16, man, you just just turn in the car. Just turn it in. And I, and I, I say this even thinking, I think if Kyle, if Kyle Hamilton's on the board at 16, even if Malika and Kenny Pickett – on the board, even though the Saints probably should go with quarterback at 16 because you always go quarterback, you know, you you should because of the ramifications in the, the importance of position, but I still think Kyle Hamilton would be the pick. I, I'm that yeah. confident about it. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. There, I, think he's that, I think he's that high of a player. Are you – so I tweeted out players I would hate that the Saints to draft. Do you have any players in this draft, first round, we're all doing first round, that you would hate and despise for the Saints to draft? Pinning, bro. Not, not, not a Trevor Pinning fan, bro? Not a fan, man. Like, I get, I read everything they said about him. I don't want him, man. Like, I just, I feel like that'll be Ruiz part two, bro. Just at the tackle spot. Like, I just, I don't want him, man. I don't want him. I'd be pissed. I get it. I understand it. Like, if they drafted him, like, it makes sense, all that shit. But, like, I'd hate it, man. Like, I just – I don't have a good feeling about pinning, man. I think it'll be a reach. I really do. And I think at that spot where he falls, I think they start reaching for those tackles. There's a couple really good tackles, but I think it just falls off the map. And I think pinning would just be, like, that reach of, you know, yeah, this guy's good. He showed a little something here now. No, man. I don't want him, man. Like, I would hate that, bro. But I don't hate a lot of these players, bro. Like, to me, I, I agree with, like, what Loomis said. Loomis was talking about, like, man, there's, like, a lot of guys here that just kind of, like, in a big – kind of in a big stack that that are just, like, good, you know? There's not a lot of great blue-chip talent in this draft. <clears throat> like, just, you know, people that just blow you away. But there's just a lot of good, really good, solid starters. So I, I haven't really watched many people that I'm just like, ugh, like I don't want him. You know what I'm saying? I just haven't, man. Like everybody looked at me, I was like, oh, I can, I can see him, especially wide receivers. I don't know if there's a wide receiver I don't like, bro. Maybe the, the Purdue kid, that's about it, but he's not going in the first round anyway. Like the, the league has finally caught up with him because he was – the list I was with David Bell, I think. I think yes, I, yes, the, the list I, when I started like in December or January, he was like considered like late first round. Well, I looked was at him, I was like, hell no. I looked at him, I was like, <laughs> no way. And now I see him, he's going like third, fourth, and like simulators. So I'm like, okay, now they, make, now they caught up. 
Yeah, so there's nobody I really hate. I I I don't know if I'm I don't know how I feel about pinning. Like I'll say this about pinning. I don't know if I would hate it. I wouldn't be amused about it or that happy about it. I do think that the Saints may get bailed out with pinning because if again going back to Tony Pelin, if you read what he's put out. He's a, like he's essentially reported that if Penny's on the board at 14 for the Ravens, he's not getting past 14. <laughs> Good luck, Lamar. I'm, I'm glad you can scrabble well. Um, but I, the three players I, I tweeted earlier, Jordan Davis, George uh, Carl Carlofagus, and I came in third. I can't even think of the third person who the third player is right now. It's 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 skipping my mind. Um, I just I just don't. You're not on. You're not on Team Jordan Davis, huh? Nah, bro. I watched three or four games, and I just wasn't moved at all. And I was just kept, like, so you know when you know when players like blow up a combine or you just they work out great, and that kind of jades your opinion of them kind of going into it and, and something that I've gotten a lot better about with the whole drafting over these years is kind of going into players with clean slates, mm-hmm. meaning staying away from social media, staying away from yeah. what the consensus is. So like your, your opinion of a player isn't already kind of predetermined before you watch them and just going in clean, man. And, I went in – first of all, I just have a very big aversion to drafting defensive tackles in the first-round period. <laughs> yeah. Saints ain't been good at it. Uh, Seth Ellis, Sheldon Rankins. Um, we want to talk about drafting defensive tackles from Georgia. Oh. One of the worst fucking draft trades ever. Like, I I remember where I was when that trade happened, bro. Like mm. – Anyway, anyhow, because that was when the draft was on a Saturday. Um, so, but when I watched them, I was just watching. And I was just like, where is the hype? Like, he, Jordan Davis doesn't provide you any pass rush. Like, he's big and he's stout and he's great in the run game. But, like, that's about it. And to me... I feel like if you're drafting a defensive tackle in the top 15 or, you know, or highly in the draft, they got to be like a Vita Vea. They got to be a Holodi Nada where they're not just great run stuffers, but like on passing downs, they can get after the fucking quarterback. I I remember when Vita Vea was in that draft, I watched a couple of games of him at Washington. And I was like, oh my God. Like it it was. Destroyed the pocket. He was a, a pocket destroyer. It was apparent, and Jordan Davis is not that at all, at all. And so I guess I could see them drafting him, thinking, like, get him with Ryan Nielsen and, you know, blah, blah, blah. No, man, like, keep keep your first-round pick for that. Like, I just – I would I would hate them to, to use their first-round pick on Jordan Davis. Um, I watched George uh, Karloftis from, per, from Purdue. Uh, and maybe I watched like two games of his, and I was just like, he's a he's an edge rusher, 
Of course, he meets the Saints limited metrics. And I was just like, this dude tape sucks. <laughs> like, he wasn't like his, there was no rush. There was no explosion and rush. It was nothing. I, was, I just kept waiting. And I was like, it was one of those players where I was just like, he's getting first round buzz? Him? I, I didn't see it, man. I didn't see it. Yeah, the thing with Jordan Davis is when I saw him perform so crazy at the at the combine, I was like, damn, Saints might draft him. Oh yeah. Just just because the first thing I thought about. Just because like you see they they, they love those prototypes, man. Like, you know, Akeem Hicks. This dude was in Canada, in college in Canada. You know, he had no tape to be impressed at. Like I remember watching his tape in Canada. I was like, yeah. You know, he's big, you know what I'm saying? But he was he was such a prototype that they just took him. Yeah, that was in the third round. Um, same thing with Yamada. Yamada didn't even know how to play football. Um, mm. But he was a prototype. You know, they, they like those guys, man. And, you know, I'm sure they, I could just see them looking at Jordan Davis and those measurables and those stats. And like, ooh, man, if we could just get him and I could line him up, shade it to the guard. They had him lined it up like this. I'd shade him to Shade him over the guard's right shoulder, and he could do this and that, and just talk themselves into I'm, it. I'm, that's about about saying, bro. As soon as you as yeah. soon as you start talking yourself into a player, you already lost. I know, yeah, but <laughs> that's, that's how it works in the NFL, saying. though. That's just how it works, bro. And that's and it, that's how it works with the Saints for sure. So that's why I was just like, man, when I saw him perform like that, I was like, man, if he's there, it's gonna be hard for them to pass him up, man. It's gonna be hard for him, bro. If he's there at one of those picks, I don't know which one. Oh, that that I would be disgusted with. I looked it up, <laughs> like disgusted, bro. I would be like, <laughs> Nick, we draft Jordan Davis in the first round. Like, I might get up from the live stream and just, you know, you know the meme with with, with the old black man just at the doorway, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Speak, bro. <laughs> it's me a hundred percent, bro. <laughs> don't get me, don't, don't, don't get me, Jordan Davis, bro. Don't, don't do this to me. Even, and it's funny. I was even higher on. Like, I didn't want the Saints to draft Christian Ballmore last year at twenty eight, and I mm. turned out to be wrong. And he went to the Patriots in the second round and had a great rookie season. I was higher on Christian Ballmore than I was than I am on Jordan Davis because at least he showed something at the pass rush. Yeah. Look, um, I looked up my third player. It was Desmond Riller. Uh, Ritter, please stay away. Oh, from you don't want to stay away. God, I watched like three or four games of his, and his accuracy is just that's the that thing was, that gets me. If you can't be accurate with the football as a quarterback, bro, I don't want you. I don't. I don't, I don't want. want like maybe, maybe it's just like coming up with Drew Brees so many years. Like accuracy is just a big thing to me, bro. Like huge accurate. And that's the main thing that stood out to me. I like everything about it as far as like his footwork. I like how he moves. Like I could kind of talk myself into him, but man, some of those balls, I'm like, what? Like, I don't know. I noticed that at the um C ball too. Yep. Like it's not accurate to me, bro. Like to me, that's something you either got or you don't. Yes. And like I I think that's like we got to see Kenny pick it up close up close. And that was one. That was one thing about Kenny Pickett, bro. Like we, like we described him after the Senior Bowl. It was just, just smooth, bro. Like he just, just moved, looked, just looked like a quarterback, man. Like I don't know, I don't know if that sounds racist or whatever. 
Yeah, white dude out there just looking like a quarterback. Looking like a quarterback. I know it's like a racist statement, but it'll be like literally, I wasn't not even talking about the race, but you know, just the way he went through his his work, man, it just looked like a dude that knew what he was doing. You know, and look, Malik Willis is my number Malik Willis is my number one, but easy. Just but just you know, Kenny Pickett. I could just see him starting on Sundays, man, like just doing his things. Um, yeah, me and Greg have been having conversations oh, with Kenny Pickett. I know, I know Greg did not like <laughs> I think he's here's the thing. Here's the thing that Greg does, and he and he'll admit it. He'll take what everyone's saying about prospects and, and form opinions. Yeah. And then like a week before the draft, like then he starts like watching tape and is like, Yeah, oh, okay, like maybe I was like, <laughs> like, like he's arguing about. About Kitty Pickett not being good, and I can say, Greg, I'm not going to have this conversation with you until you actually go watch it. I'm not going to. I'm not going to do it, bro. I'm not going to do it. I remember. I think I remember. I could be wrong, but I think I remember him being kind of down on Andrew Luck, like during the draft process. Like he looked at the Stanford tape and it's like, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> number one overall. You know, like, well, what's the big deal about this guy? You know what I'm saying? You know, how Greg <laughs> but then like when he got with the Colts, got with the Colts, and you know, Luck was slinging oh, that thing, straight gunslinging. You know what it is, bro. You know, Andrew Luck wasn't black, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Swear on Texas, bro. Um, really quickly, I, I did want to, and I, I did this article, but I, I did want to give some podcast love to the project that um, my lovely girl helped me with this draft season, just like she did last draft season. Um, yeah. I, I wrote this article. Shout out to uh, Christopher... Christopher at Saints uh, CSC uh, Canal Street Chronicles for letting me post it as like a guest columnist and putting it on the on the front page for draft season. <laughs> so if you haven't read it, I think it might still be on the front page of say of Saints uh, CSC.com. It may not be, but long story short, basically what the article and data entails is that we we took the data from every position from 2006 to 2022 draft that the players players that the Saints have drafted, not undrafted free agents, only players that the Saints have drafted, good picks, bad picks, doesn't matter, and kind of formulated a, like a athletic profile for each position group that the Saints kind of have had over these years. Then with those numbers, so when I say profile, it's height, weight, 40-yard dash, vertical, bitch, broad jump, three-cone, shuttle, with those numbers using stats and spreadsheets and a lot of nerdy stuff, but basically we take that information and take all the information from players coming into the NFL from their workout measurables from the combine and basically use it to match prospects that fit into each positional group um, that the saints, um, you know, would fit the saints prototypes in terms of athletic profile. Uh, so there's two categories so it's all metrics which basically means that the prospect in terms of their their workout measurables um and their height and weight they hit all the measurables and there's limited and there's limited metrics which means that the prospects hit on all the metrics except for shuttle um three or two three cone and shuttle so going through the list from this year i just want to point out some things that just kind of stood out to me it's interesting that you know, a player I said that I would hate the Saints for the Saints draft was Car- uh, George R. Uh, Golovkis. 
he he gets their limited metrics, which just makes makes a lot of sense to me in a lot of fucking ways. Um, all metrics. Uh, for, so now for safety, we, we talked about Kyle Hamilton. Kyle Hamilton does meet the Saints' limited metrics. One of my favorite safeties in the draft, uh, Lewis Seen, safety from from Georgia, just a fucking hitter, bro. Just a dog at the safe position. Um, he hits all metrics. Um, tight end, friend of the podcast, Greg Dulcich, tight end. You are UCLA. I mean, his draft range was like I know people saying third or third round, man. He might go bottom round two, bro. Um, yeah. he met all metrics in terms of this tight this, the tight ends that the Saints have drafted historically. Um, probably the best tight end in the draft, Trey McBride. Uh, he hit limited metrics. And so something that when this was done that I was glad to see is that in terms of the list of players at wide receiver, there are only a few that hit all metrics for the Saints. Sky Moore, uh, the guy that me and you kind of talked about offline, Eric um, uh, is a Cayman, is a the wide receiver from Texas Tech, Christian oh, yeah. Watson. Um, those are receivers. Those are some of the receivers that had hit on all the metrics. But Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, Alec Pierce, uh, George Pickens, Traylon Burks, all meet all meet the limited metrics for the Saints. So, and that's just that's just I just named off kind of like the the, the big ones. Um, there's such a long list of players at wide receiver that hit the Saints metric wide receiver rise. Like, I know we're saying that they need to get at least one in round one, bro. Man, they need to get one in the later round. Like, they need to come out right. with, with two. Uh, if they give me a combination wide receiver, tight end, running back, and tackle, oh. I'm good, bro. I'm good. Man, I would not bitch at all, bro. I swear. Until training good. camp, at least. <laughs> um. Quickly, let's wrap this up. Want to talk to you about speaking of wide receivers? Let's end it with wide receivers. Let's end it with the former draft bay, Kadarius Tony. Report comes out says that the the Giants were made it sound like they were shopping Kadarius Tony and like they just wanted him gone. If you read Alt Greer's article today, it kind of comes out comes across a little different. Makes it sound like. They're not really shopping because he reported to like voluntary workouts today, but they are taking calls. You know, it would take some type of good offer to pry them away from the Giants. I said this as soon as the report came out that he potentially was on the block. I said offer 49 right now. Offer it. Hell yeah. Offer it. Offer it. And people approach back, um, well, well, maybe you can just get him for a third rounder. Listen, I saw what he did in two games against who? The Saints and the Cowboys. I know there's some warning signs. I know he might be a little kind of little kind of hot headed. He and I also think a player like him, and I know I'm, I feel like I'm making an excuse for him. A player like him being on a team like the Giants that doesn't win a lot is like a recipe for disaster. <clears throat> kind of how like I think you get him in a locker room with CD with Mike Thomas, bruh. You throw Kadarius oh, in that mix. You could throw him in there with some dogs, man. Like he would be fine with flourish. Some somewhere was mentioned that as a Saints possibility. 
I know that they. Uh, it's not gonna happen, man. I, I know this stuff. Like nothing. No, no. But if it did, if it cost the 49th pick of this draft, kiss it fucking goodbye. Bye. See you later. Bye. Please. Um. Do you want to talk about? I mean, I feel like we. It's a, it's a huge story. Just give me your quick cliff note version, spark note version of what you think about the Debo situation. Oh man, like I, I'm just not. That's why I ain't even tweet about it, bro. I just, I, I know, like he feels a certain type of way, like obviously, but I'm just not. I'm not invested into the ground. Because it just it's it's basic for me. There's no reason for him to trade him right now. None. I ain't saying he won't get traded at some point. But right now, there's no reason to trade None. him. None. The, None. And, I, and, and, I, and again, my girl is a diehard for a Niners fan, so she's highly annoyed about the whole situation. And I told her this. I said, if you're in the Niners, you have to call his bluff. Yeah, and until, that's him. And, and until he says, if you don't trade me, I'm sitting out. And until he starts sitting out and he's missing game checks and he's showing you and, and he's getting fined, and right. showing you that he's serious about not playing for the Niners ever again. <laughs> call you guys just got calls block. Just got call it like like and for you know and then you got to look at this draft like like we talked about this draft a lot of good players but no real like ooh, we gotta get this player so I mean, there's no reason to try to trade him. Um, you don't know what you're gonna get. I'm sure they put out feelers to see what they can get, and you know. You know, is somebody gonna give up what they gave up for? Uh, for uh, oh my god, I hate how my memory does, man. Paul Beasley? No, went to KC. Oh. Went to Miami. Yeah, Charlie Beasley. Great coach. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Charlie Beasley. Yeah. Are they gonna get that for him? Maybe, but it's like nobody's trying to up there right now. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, and it and it sounds like if you listen to. Like Alt Breer and someone else reported this too. Like if, oh, I think it was Schefter. Oh no, no, he's no, he said something similar. But basically, if it was similar, they based like the Niners want two first round picks. Yeah. But and I love I love Debo as a player. Love him. love him as a player. But if you're a team, you have to give up. A first round this year and the first round next year. And then you gotta pay him twenty-five plus million dollars. I just don't see a lot of teams just saying, okay, I'll do that. I'll do it. Don't and apparently that. he's having reservations about the role he plays, you know, taking yep. snaps. I could be I get like I completely understand from his perspective. Like I completely yes. get it. But at the same time, I'm like, look, you know what I'm saying? If I'm gonna pay you, you <laughs> You better take these handoffs, boy. <laughs> like you was a weapon. Like I don't know what you would like. You know what I'm saying? Like you're a weapon. That's, that's your job. So I'm just like, wake me up August, September, and we'll revisit. Because I'm not, I'm not going to invest anything into it, man. Because ain't nothing going to happen right now. Nothing going to happen. He's under contract. I I, I said this, and. I was playing devil's advocate, right? But I said, if the Niners feel like this bridge is, like, completely burnt and they right. can't, they just can't fix it, and if you have the Jets offering you the 10th overall pick, it may be something else. 
think, I think if you're the Niners, you really got to stop and think about it. Right. I mean, obviously, there's an offer you can't refuse. And I think, I think it would start with the 10th pick. I'm not saying it would just be the 10th pick. I think it would be the 10th pick and a little more. But because then I guess the way I see it is that the worst case scenario, you call his bluff. And then you realize that, oh, shit, he's, he is serious. He's like, he's sitting games. And then if you do trade him after the draft, you're not getting compensation until next year's draft. So then you potentially lose yeah. Debo on the field. And if you do trade him, you're not even getting his replacement or, or, or whatever until 2023. You were a couple of plays away from a Super Bowl last <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy how shit just changes in the NFL like that, bro? Like, yeah. Like, I still think about that that Texans Kansas City game. They were up twenty four zero, bro. Crazy. Everything well, changed. My, my thing is, you know, like John Lynch. Like, I mean, John Lynch feeling solidified right now. That's how he feeling. So for him, I don't know about Kyle Shanahan, but for John Lynch. You want to sit out? You can sit out, bro. Like, I ain't going nowhere. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. that's on Kyle. Kyle got to figure that shit out. <laughs> like, you got to figure that out, but that's that's not my thing. I'm not I'm not about to give you up, bro. So that's why I just think it's just – it would take a team to come with a grand – you know, a godfather off, and it's just ridiculous. And I just don't see that happening right now. Because, I mean, look, he's been banged up. He's, you know, outstanding talent. Had a great, you know, great season last year. But I just don't think he's done it enough year in and year out where a team is ready to just, you know, it only takes one team, though. Like, the Jets, if I could see the Jets doing it. Like, it'll take one of those type of teams to just, because the Jets have been thirsty, bro. They want some kind of virus. They want DK Metcalf, somebody, like, just, <laughs> please, somebody ask the phone. Like, you know what I'm saying? They Here's the thing, though. They're thirsty, but they're thirsty to a degree. Right. It's kind of similar to like Sean Payton and, you know, it's like, hey, we thirsty, but you know what I'm saying? Like with, like with Patrick Mahomes, it's like, oh, we like him, but, you know, we don't want to trade up. It's like, it's like that with the Jets. Like, you know what I mean? If y'all want to go get a crazy wide receiver, go get him. You know, it was like, they rather just kind of play it safe. But still, kind of dip their toe in the water. Yes, absolutely. They want to, they want to straddle the fence. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we we have hit on a lot of shit in this in this draft. Um, I want to I'm going to ask you this before we wrap up. Give me, and I know I've asked you this before in the past a couple of past draft episodes. Give me your your dream draft period. Let me hear it. A dream, a, a, a realistic dream draft there. In the first round? First round. Just first round. In a realistic. Oh, my realistic. dream. You take. So I, think, I think the dream for both of us is Malik and, J- and Jameson, but not going to happen, yeah. right? So give me realistic. <laughs> okay, that's not going to happen. Give me Chris Olave. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Carl Hamilton. Mm. Just to balance it out. Whatever order, I don't care what order. Just both of those, you know, you get a hitter, you know, you get a, a ball on defense, 
and you get you get your wide receiver that can really you know split yeah. split the split the split the coverage. You know, like I I just I don't wow. wow chef's kiss. Um, it's funny because that that's like my that's my realistic draft pairing one one B. My one A is Kenny Pickett and Chris Olave. Oh, I, I I love Kyle Hamilton, but I go back to if you if you draft Kenny Pickett and he's top fifteen ish good. If you get really lucky, maybe he's top twelve ish good. Oh, and you have him for four years because he probably you know because you have the luxury like. And that's the thing about Kenny Pickett. Like, he's the most ready NFL quarterback, but he right. can still sit a season under Jameis, which would probably do wonders for him. And oh, then yeah. you could you have him cheat for four years, and you, and you get him – you know, you get him and Jameis a weapon for next year. I just think the, the pro benefit to that is, like, in terms of, like, the trajectory for the team – because if you hit on Kenny Pickett, bro, quarterback set for like the next what, ten years? You don't have to worry. You don't have to worry about it. You know, we don't have to worry about oh, no, oh God, we got to figure out we're in quarterback purgatory. What we're going to do? Now, don't get me wrong. If if you draft Kenny Pickett, and he's he doesn't work out like that. That's bad, bro. That's not bad. You know what I'm saying? He could be blank average. I don't think. But so, I think it's worse. And this was a great, a great like debate. Someone had, I think. Mike Florio tweeted it, but if you pass like so. Let's say let's say they they go Olave at sixteen and Kenny Pickett's there at nineteen, and they don't draft him, and they draft Jordan Davis or who the fuck ever they could draft at nineteen. That's gonna make me roll my eyes and and be upset. And let's say Kenny Pickett goes to to the Steelers at twenty, and he becomes like the next great Steelers quarterback, bro. Man, you don't you don't live that down. You don't live you don't it down. Live that. Chicago Bears still hearing shit for passing on Patrick Mahomes for fucking uh, Mitch Trubisky, bro. You don't – that's not shit you live down, bro. Because <laughs> there's not. so many factors that go in, you know. Quarterbacks get, quarterbacks get better. You know, they can improve. Uh, you just got to fine-tune the traits that you really like. Like, I can't forget the Sit There, sit there Freeland episode. If you, you know, go back and listen to the last episode. Sit There Freeland, she's great. And she talked about how he faced the most, you know, um, NFL-like defenses as a college quarterback, you know, mm. mixing up coverages and, you know, pre-step, post-snap change-ups and stuff like that. And he read them and diagnosed and attacked them. You know what I'm saying? Like that to me, like those type of things is what makes the great quarterbacks that really elevate you. And I'm not saying he's going to be the great quarterback, but I'm just saying those type of traits are – Really, what's important to be kind of more important to me than the big arm, yeah, or you know the hand size and all that stuff, and all those things are issues. Like the hand size issue, you know, he has a nice arm, but it's not like a bazooka. Um, how he handles internal pressure—that's a question. Um, so those are questions that they gotta ask. But I'm just saying, like some of those things, and you know, people like to throw out the late bloomer thing, like oh, he's just you know, he got great in his last year, like. So what? Like that just shows improvement. Like that's a characteristic to me that someone that could look at themselves from a year past and say, "Okay, I need to prove this, 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 and this." And, and I'm not. Better. 
I'm not saying I I do not want to make this sound like I am comparing them as prospects. No, but Joe Burrow got better. Same thing, bro. Same like he could have went. Joe Burrow could have went to the draft after his after this you know after that uh, year when he came down the field, and he would have been a fourth round pick, <laughs> fourth fifth round pick. You know what I'm saying? But he came back and invested all his time. He didn't have to go to class or nothing. Invested all his time in the football, and he was on a talented ass team. Talented, and team, he improved. Bro. Yep, and he improved, bro. And he Might- mightily. And we're number one overall. <laughs> the number one overall pick, you know. So that just shows you, man. Like these dudes can improve. So I'm just saying, you got to take all that in when you're trying to look at these quarterbacks. And you know, some of that is trying to convince yourself and this and that. It's a gamble, man. These quarterbacks. Bro, go look at the quarterbacks taking over the last 10, 15 years mm. in the first round. That shit hard. Like, it's hard. Everybody be wrong. Everybody. I don't care. Greg Cosell, uh, Greg Cosell, uh, fucking anybody you think is like super intelligent, that's just smart. What is it, wrong. pro? What is it, pro football reference? What's the one Greg Cosell? Pro football reference? Yeah. Oh, I just want to see. I just want to see. Because, I mean, I, cause I, know, I know it's true, right? But I just. I just want to see it like in in my face. Uh, but to your point that I think you're making, I, I couldn't I couldn't have said it any better myself. So for me, like that is my realistic. I, I don't know. I just don't know if the Saints have the balls to go quarterback, bro. That's I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either, man. Like it's they have done this as Archie, man. Seventy one. And I, and I, <laughs> and I and I don't know if this is. I, you me DA got the nuts to do that. DA for this first year, uh, a defensive guy. Maybe it's not DA. Maybe Jeff Ireland. I'll say this: maybe Jeff Ireland maybe sees a little, not a, you know some. Maybe Jeff Ireland sees some. Some Ryan Tannehill. It's possible. Maybe. You know, or maybe he's thinking maybe he's thinking when, you know, when they took uh that tackle. Uh-oh. Instead of Matt Ryan. Uh-oh. Oh, nigga, they about to trade up to the number five to get Chris. Charles Cross, bro. <laughs> Talk about, bro. He <laughs> said, fuck it, and, I, and I'll do it again. <laughs> I mean, these dudes... They just like us, bro. All these dudes that work in front offices and all that shit, they have their own internal biases. You know, they they excuse their own behavior. They, you know, find ways to justify they, what they do. So they're just like us, man. We, so, you know, a lot of people like want to think they're geniuses. They ain't, man. I want to I want to name off the quarterbacks going back to two thousand nine, two thousand nineteen ninety eight. Um, drafted, this is just one overall. This is not top 10. This is just one overall. Just just give us, okay, Payne Manning, Tim Couch, Michael Bick, Derek Carr. Right now we're at 50-50, okay, in terms of good quarterbacks and bust. Carson Palmer, Eli Manning, Alex Smith, Jamarcus Russell, Matt Stafford, Sam Bradford, Cam Newton, Andrew Luck, 
Jameis Winston, Baker Mayfield, Kyle Murray, Burrow Lawrence. That's just one overall, bro. Like, mm-hmm. it's hard, bro. You got the number one overall pick. Get the pick who you want. Everybody. <laughs> and you you 50-50 at best. Sorry, oh, man. Uh, multi-billion dollar organizations. The 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 top the 2020 draft class and quarterbacks first two rounds. Burrow, Tungabaloa, Herbert, Jordan Love, Jalen Hurts. Mm. Round two, Jalen Hurts. It's hard, man. Um, but I do think the Saints should take a stab if they get it. Anyway, we're getting out of here. We will not have any episodes until Wednesday when we'll be doing our live stream on YouTube, coming live from Vegas, watching the draft, having drinks. Um, it's going to be a fun time. Please, 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 you know, subscribe to our YouTube channel, check out our live stream. And then so that's going to be on Thursday during the draft. Ryan and I, we leave on Wednesday to get to Vegas. And then on Friday, we plan to hopefully be able to record a post-draft first round um, pod, just like a quick, you know, quick episode talking about our rapid reaction of the Saints picks. Picks or pick in round one. Um, Round two, we're not going to do a live stream you know, all, the four of us, you know, we'll go out and have a fucking amazing, great dinner to cap out or kind of cap the the week in Vegas um, at a nice, fancy place. And we just look forward to it, man. I, I, I'm i more looking forward to, like, the experience and just having vacation than probably more than the actual draft because I don't bruh, trust these dudes. I, I need it so bad, bro. Need it, bro. Need it, bro. <laughs> I I put it in today. I've driven 950 miles this month for work alone. I need a break. I'm running ragged out in Southern California trying to save kids, man. Bro. I haven't had a day off since Christmas. Christmas Woo! Day. Man said he ain't going to Miami. He working. I'm working, man. So. I am I am I am gonna squeeze every minute out of it, bro. Like I am going hundred percent. Shit. So if you haven't had a day off since Christmas, that's, this is we are four months to this day removed from Christmas. So <laughs> we we both need it. We're gonna have fun. Hopefully the Saints don't don't have vacation when they are on the clock during the draft on Thursday. Uh again, thank everyone for listening, uh supporting us. We really appreciate it. Um we know that. Draft fatigue is a real thing, but we also know that the next couple of <laughs> next couple of days with our with content, hopefully we see the numbers skyrocket because y'all want to listen to what what the Saints did. So till we till we see each other on on Thursday, have a good week. With that, we're out. Peace. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer.
If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.